0: Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast, episode number eight. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Christy Centelli of Organized by Christy. And we're going to discuss organizing for the new normal in the age of COVID. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. Join Ron Bouchard as he casts a wide net sharing his philosophy of life, business, and success, and goes fishing for wisdom in interviews with other entrepreneurs, authors, and thought leaders. You'll hear their stories of triumph and tribulation. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur trying to succeed outside the confines of the current of social expectation, bring the bait. And join us for Gone Fishing.
0: Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Bouchard. It's been a tumultuous five months, to say the least. We are currently in a global storm of sorts, and our entire world has been torn asunder. As a result, we have gained some experiential knowledge about what it means to be in quarantine to social distance, and to work and teach from home. While we may have adapted well to conferencing technologies and being at home, what most people haven't been able to do is figure out how to organize their home spaces to meet challenges of working, living, and homeschooling in the new normal. Today's guest holds a bachelor's degree in business administration and is a member of the National Association of Productivity Professionals. She's a professional organizer who loves helping individuals and families take back control of their lives and homes by partnering with them to declutter, organize, and set up management systems to achieve calm and clutter-free homes. She's married to her best friend, who I hear is extremely funny. (laughs) And they'll be celebrating their 10th anniversary next week. Congratulations. Thank you. She's a mother to a nine-year-old boy, a cat, and two dogs. She loves to cook, is obsessed with Disney, and purses and bags. When she's not at the beach, she loves being home, hanging out with her family, or entertaining in her home oasis. Her name is Christy Centelli, and she is the owner of Organized by Christy. Welcome, Christy. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you for having me, Ron. I'm excited.
0: Now, Christy, uh, before you started your business, you worked in healthcare and financial service industries. hmm And you were a business continuity manager and information security officer?
2: Yep. Yep. And
0: what was that like, and what made you leave uh corporate market and open a business of your own?
2: So that's a really good question. It'll open a little bit of insight into my background. But the last job that I held was within financial services and as a business continuity manager and information security officer. I had done other things prior to that. But honestly, it was very stressful. I was on call for this particular role, 24 by 7. There was a lot of stress, and I always felt like I was tied to my BlackBerry. A lot of times I feel like when you're in corporate America, you almost feel as though you do not have any downtime and that you have to respond to that email, even if it is after hours. I don't know if that's the culture that the managers kind of started. I don't think it was necessarily the company, but it, it was just I, – I always felt like I couldn't disconnect from work. I was always – you know, looking at that BlackBerry and it wasn't a good feeling. So, and another thing is we had our son, Alex, in 2011 and something in me just really changed after I became a mom. I was really sick of the commute into Boston. Um, I was done with that corporate fast paced environment. I really wanted to be closer to home and I didn't want to miss out on anything in Alex's world. And at the time, there was a lot changing within my department and chain of command. It was drastically changed and I was bounced, bounced around to different managers. A lot of them didn't understand my role and didn't really know what to do with me. At the same time, all that was happening, we were trying to grow our family and Never thought that there would be be an issue, but we realized that we couldn't um I suffered three devastating losses, and I think that the stress of my job really had an impact on that um, so I raised my hand several times to be part of at the time there were numerous reduction in forces, and after eighteen years, they finally took me up on my offer and they you know they they put me on the list and I had I was so ecstatic to be put on that list. Um, I happily skipped out of that world and closed that chapter of my life forever. I started my business a few months later. And I have to say, you know, I I have to give a shout out to that hilarious husband of mine because he, (laughs) neither one of us are risk takers. And I, I know that it's a stretch for him that you know, he's very supportive of me starting my own business. And he has really taken on the role of being our breadwinner. He works really hard for our family. And he it's great because he's allowing me to continue to uh, learn and grow my business.
0: Terrific. So in the corporate world, did you feel like a cog in a wheel and that, you know, your life was pretty much out of your control? It was put in the control of somebody
2: else's yeah. hands. Yep. I did. I think, you know, the fact that I felt like I was always on and I had to always respond to that email, whether it was, you know, six in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. I just, yeah, I always felt like they owned me <laughs> and I, I don't really want to paint that picture because you know the company that i left was a good company but and it could have just been where my head was at the time that i i just i just needed a break and i realized that this wasn't for me anymore
0: so how did you come to realize your gift and passion for organizing
2: i've always had a gift i uh, even at a young age i loved to reorganize my bedroom and i was always I don't think that I've considered it decluttering at the time, but I was always getting rid of things. And I've just always had a knack for sorting out big messes and making them look um, manageable and pretty. Um, I've just always loved the container store, staples, anywhere that sells baskets, bins, supplies. it's just always been a passion of mine to organize and i you know it just becomes it's innate for me to be organized and to really think look at a space and be able to visualize how it should look or what could be done within that space to make things better
0: but you never really thought about it in the context of being a professional organizer though
2: No, no. Um, And it's interesting, because about 15 years ago, I discovered that being a professional organizer was an actual thing. Uh, You know, it's like, whoa, (laughs) I I never thought that you could actually earn a living being a professional organizer. Um, And what made me realize that was I was poking around on the internet, and I found a website called NAPO, which is the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. I basically stalked that website for years, but never thought that I could, you know take a risk to become a bus- uh, my own business owner. Um, but thankfully, I was part of that reduction in force about four years ago, and I decided to take that risk. Um, And I'm very happy to say that I'm now a member of NAPO, and I sit on the board for the New England chapter as their director of membership. So it's like my first meeting at NAPO, I had come home and I said to my husband, I found my peeps. There's a whole community of us like-minded people that love to organize and to help people. And it's like, yeah, I know that I'm in the right spot now.
0: And it feels so, so encouraging when you're with a group of people who are like-minded. Because most people never get into that community of people who think like them. In fact, entrepreneurs alone are a a unique breed because they think differently than the average Mm -hmm. person thinks. So even when you're speaking in general and having a general conversation with the average person, they don't understand
2: you. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yep. Totally.
0: So I call it. I call them mm. Hillians, so I'm a Hillian. Now, I'm not an alien. I'm a Hillian, which is after Napoleon Hill, and there's, okay. a, there's a whole story behind why <laughs> I call myself that. But um, I'm a Hillian. I'm I'm an alien. I'm an alien species because the first time I understood why I was the way I was was after reading the Law of Success and from Napoleon Hill. So <laughs> I'm I'm definitely a Hillian. I'm definitely um, different because yep. I'm an entrepreneur, and. I think that people don't realize that you can be an entrepreneur doing almost anything. Once you find your passion, if the job doesn't exist, you can create it. So you were lucky enough to find that the position you want your profession you yes. want already existed, but if it didn't, you right, could create exactly.
2: it. Right, exactly. And it, and that's an interesting point because now that I am an entrepreneur, I am um, doing a lot of networking. I'm, you know, there's a lot of local uh, groups whether they're free or paid for that um, you know, I attend and I've met so many people and there's, it's crazy how many really cool businesses people have created out of their passion. And, um, it's just really neat to like learn more about their businesses, but you're right. You have an idea, you can turn it into a business.
0: Right. And entrepreneurship, like I um I've said in the past, is is an internship. Mm-hmm. It's constant internships. You're always uh-huh. constantly learning about how to be an entrepreneur and how to grow and and always exposing yourself to new mm-hmm. people and new ideas. And I think that having a community of, of people who who are like minded is extremely yep, important. Definitely. To
2: I agree. I agree.
0: So um I know the current situation in my home and how coronavirus affected my family, you know, the current um, craziness. How, how has the pandemic affected your your family and your clients?
2: Oh, for me, um, my family, it's interesting. So my husband is a first responder. So he... His life really hasn't changed because he still gets up and goes to work. Um, he's a firefighter and a nurse in an emergency room. So, between those two jobs, he's been—he's always been busy. He's busier, um, and he just goes about his business. And the pandemic hasn't really affected him. And it's interesting because a couple of months ago, he came home and he's like, oh, can you return this um, to the store for me? I'm like, uh, no, it, there's a pandemic. The store's not even open. He's like, oh, oh yeah. So, but for my son and I, all of a sudden I became a homeschool teacher, which I'm definitely, I guess I was okay at, but definitely not something I wanted to do. And, you know, my son found himself home Without seeing his friends and all sports have stopped, and it's it was a it was a challenge for the two of us. And then you know my husband would come home and I would vent to him, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I I didn't even realize what was going on at home because I was at work." So it, it, it's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Um it's been, it was stressful. It was stressful over the past few months for my son and I to navigate homeschooling and you know trying to get used to wearing masks and just the isolation was daunting. And at the time, I, I've really been concerned about some of my clients. So, it, organizing isn't just about making things look pretty. Some clients, that's what they want, other clients, it's more of a necessity. To have a professional organizer, they may be chronically disorganized. They've just never been able to um, organize their life, whether it be their belongings or their time. So there's a real need out there for professional organizers. And I have to admit that I do have a few clients that are chronically disorganized, and I, you know, I think about. Some of their purchasing habits and the fact that, you know, social media has kind of turned many of us onto this overbuying because, you know, there was the concern that toilet paper, well, I guess toilet paper was a scarcity. um, So people were overbuying that stuff. And I, I remember thinking, my gosh, some of my clients that are already very cluttered in their homes, if they're overbuying, what... What are their homes going to look like? What are the, what, how are their lives going to, how are their lives going to be affected by all of this? Because they didn't have a spot for the belongings that they already have. And they're probably bringing more things into their home, you know, because obviously Amazon was always still open.
0: I think it's, it's very difficult for people who don't have organizational skills to all of a sudden try to be organized um, to your point, we all have different gifts and abilities. There are four personality styles. I actually did a podcast about this a couple of weeks ago. And each personality style contains a certain set of skills. Now, we need all of the skill sets, but mm-hmm. we don't have all the skill sets. So we always need somebody else to fill in the gaps for us. We were never meant to do this thing called living right. alone. <laughs> we were always meant to to work in cooperation But early in our history, when we were hunting and gathering and it was necessary, or we were trying to take on a big animal, it was necessary Mm -hmm. that we work together. But as time has gotten easier and things have gotten easier, we've become less Mm -hmm. dependent on each other and more dependent on devices and more dependent on um, ease. But we've lost so much in that process of the people around us. We have not learned to you know, communicate and and utilize the skills of the people around us. We don't know how to cooperate with other people. And we try to do everything on our own, which is not a very good habit. So when we run into these situations where we don't have a certain skill set, it's imperative that we reach out to somebody who does have the skill set to get us over that hurdle. And if it's something that's continuously in need in our life, we need to continually – bring those people into our lives as a member of our team.
2: Yeah. And as a professional organizer, uh, you know, I definitely, I think a lot of people think that I come in and clean and I don't, I don't clean. In fact, I have a person that comes into my home to clean. So that's not something that a professional organizer does what we do is we transfer our skills onto our clients so that they can maintain the organization. You know, organizing definitely comes innate to me. I've just naturally been able to do it, but it's not everyone can do it. And it's a sometimes it's eye-opening to me when I work with a client and, you know, I make a suggestion, well, let's, you know, have... X item live here now instead of there. And they were like, oh my God, I've never, never even considered that. So yeah, I think it is important to reach out and to, if if you do have issues staying organized, I think a professional organizer, you know, we're really vital to a certain demographic of people who just either don't have the time, they don't want to, or they can't get Organized on
0: their own. And I think sometimes people get caught up mm-hmm. in labels. So, professional organizer to them, they might say, Well, I don't need to be organized, or I don't, but this that's such a mm-hmm. general term for what you actually can do. I think I find that with most professions, there's general terms, but there's there so is. much behind that. You can help with so many other things, not just
2: mm-hmm. a
0: professional organizer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's accountability, it's coaching, it's just really being a body double, just being in the home with the client, um teaching them, so and watching them how they do things. It's really almost like a therapist in a way. People tend to share a lot of stories about themselves, good bad or indifferent. It's a lifeline. You know, and it's also really listening to them and under asking the right questions to understand how they live, how things got to be where they are in their life, you know, clutter, whatever, and really taking a step back and thinking about a thoughtful way to help them put together a plan in their home that they can easily maintain and, or to stop buying or stop accepting, you know, you always have that relative that will say, Oh, I just cleaned out my, you know, linen closet. Here's a bunch of stuff. And and the person just can't say no. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And then yeah. they don't know what to do with it. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, or you don't even like it yes. but you're still holding on yep. to it because
2: That's, someone gave it to you. you that, to there's it. a yeah. lot of guilt associated with <laughs> um, things that come yes. into your home from other people.
0: It's also yep. memories. So people have memories attached to certain items so they can't
2: mm-hmm.
0: give it away or get rid of it because of memories. My son has mm. a lot of stuffed animals, and his stuffed animals <laughs> all have a have mm-hmm. a, a meaning behind them because they were in a time of his life. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about my oldest when he was in the hospital in the ICU Mm -hmm. or NICU and certain people who are no longer with me gave them to him when he was at his worst, you know, he was fighting for his life. So those, those stuffed animals, you can't get rid of them. I mean, they have an identity. They have a, a place, but only so much of that you can actually have without getting into a uh, Yeah, no, I
2: agree. And I even find myself doing the same thing here with my own um, belongings. And you know, my son has a couple of items that he even said, I don't want this anymore. This is for babies. And I'm like, really? I don't know if I'm ready to get rid of it yet, which is totally goes against what I do when I work with clients, but it's hard. You're, you're human after all. And you have that sentimental factor in your brain and you want to keep everything, but it, it, you can't, you just can't.
0: But that's why it's so important to have somebody else come in who's not attached to that information Mm -hmm. or those things to help you make those decisions. You never take the choice away from them, but you help them to see these things and look at the world from a new perspective now, you would, of course, at home have the same problem because yeah. we're all humans and we all share, share the same humanity. However, we also need help from outside to help us to to deal with the, our habits. And sometimes we're not even mm-hmm. aware of the habits. Uh, mo- actually, most of the time we're not aware of the habits. So sometimes we need help. And as a life coach, I know this, bringing, p- making people aware of the things that they're not aware of. Um, bringing light to what I call mm-hmm. the drunk monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the drunk monkey is the bad habits that they've they've accumulated. I call those bottles of alcohol that keeping them okay acting the way they are. So, and sobering the monkey gets rid of all the alcohol and makes the monkey work for you, not against you. But a lot of people have drunk okay. monkeys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's a that's an interesting theory.
0: Yep. Episode number two. Okay, I'll have to that. check it out. <laughs> well, until the pandemic closed schools only about 1.7 million children receive their education at home out of a national school population. Then that's Mm 56.6 million. Now, despite schools reopening, 40% of parents will opt to homeschool. So that's going to increase the number to 22.6 million children after COVID that'll be homeschooled. How do parents transform their space to accommodate both their living they're working at home and the homeschooling needs.
2: Mm. Uh, I feel like I'm totally living in this right now um, because I'm at, you know, our school system is going back 100% remote in the fall and I'm dreading it uh, for lots of reasons. But so... What I would say is, so I learned a lot during the spring. I think a lot of parents did. It, we were just in crisis mood um, during, during that time. Lots of tears were shed. Many of them were from me. You know, it was just uh, crazy. It, it it was just, I felt like it was never going to end. But I think one thing I learned is you need to bend the rules. I'm definitely a rule follower. and But I realized in the midst of all of this craziness that I, there were things that I could take control of, even if they were outside of the norm. One of the things I did um, towards the end of the year is uh, decided that we were going down to a four day school week. And that was a total game changer for us. You know, my son and I, we, he, I had him do a little bit more schoolwork every day. And then on Friday, I'm like, you can do whatever you want and Um, He, you know, most of the time chose to play online video games, which whatever. Never thought that I would let him play so many online video games as I did during the pandemic. But it is what it is. That was his only way of really socializing with kids. But, you you know, the four-day work week was wonderful. And bottom line, you have to do what's best for your family. I'm really hopeful that remote learning in the fall will be vastly different from the spring. But I also think that as a parent, as you know, you need to tweak things here and there for your own sanity and for your own, for your child, for your children's sanity as well. I do have some tips that I would love to share with everybody. Um, And as I, when I was putting them down on paper, it really came to be there. There's four S's, um, through all of this that I wanted to share. The S's are schedules, spaces, supplies, and self-care. Yep. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think everyone will agree that I think it's important to have a schedule before that's the first S before I started my own business. I, 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 I think I mentioned that I worked remotely for years. And at first, you know, I was like, this is great. I would just roll out of bed and log into my computer and get to work. But by And thankfully, this was before Zoom became very popular. So any conference calls that I did, they were just done over the phone. But by two o'clock, I felt disgusting because I was like, oh, I'm unshowered. I'm still in my pajamas. So even if you're not leaving the house, do whatever schedule you'd normally do for a normal work day or school day. Get up, get showered, get dressed, do some chores, eat your breakfast and brush your teeth. And I, I feel like brushing your teeth is, is you know, common or normal for everybody's routine. But what I realized was um, during the pandemic, my son's grooming habits have gotten worse. So I'm like, "Did you brush your teeth today?" And he's like, "Um, no, I'm not going to church. Why would I brush my teeth?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I had mentioned chores. Stay on top of the chores. One thing that um I think is key is do at least one load of laundry every morning. Just, you know, have it be part of that morning routine it really helps to stay on top of On top of the laundry, I mean, we're a family of three and I'm amazed at how much laundry we accumulate. And I know, you know, we have a small family. I can't imagine families that are five, six people, how much laundry they have. So get into the habit of doing one load of laundry every morning. It's amazing how it'll make you stay on top of it. And you won't have those massive piles, um, staring at you.
0: Which is going to overwhelm them. And, um, Yep, even more absolutely.
2: Because <laughs> you know I found that, in addition to homeschooling, I still had to keep up with the house chores, and so how was I going to do that? Um, and that was definitely one of the things that I, I did, and I recommend it. Another thing is to um, make some time on the weekend to do some meal prepping, pre-cook some chicken or some ground beef or whatever you're making. Uh, one of the things that I consistently do is meal plan I try to do it a month at a time sometimes that doesn't always work so I definitely meal plan I I, you know a good at least one to two weeks do a meal plan know ahead of schedule ahead of the day what you're going to eat And then do some prepping, like I said, chop some vegetables on on Sunday, you know, to kind of prepare, put them in individual plastic containers. That way there too, if you have a significant other at home or even an older child, they can start dinner if they know what is planned for Tuesday. I think that's really key. Another thing is consistency. Definitely kids need consistency. My son definitely does much better when he's on a good sleeping schedule and knows what what's expected of him. The consistency part definitely has been difficult. You know, left to our own devices, my son and I, you know, we're really off schedule right now, M- much to the husband's chagrin. He, he's definitely the bad cop in the relationship. And bedtime has been much later than it should be. But once school starts again, he'll be back onto his normal going going to bed at a decent hour and getting onto that good fall schedule and routine. But
0: to speak to your point about having a schedule, if you never lose the schedule and you maintain some type of consistent schedule, it'll be so much easier to transition back to a normal schedule when that time
2: comes. absolutely.
0: Also, when you go to the store and you're picking up um, items because it's so difficult in the pandemic mm-hmm. now and they're running out of out of items or you want to try to stay safe, you want to limit your amount of time mm-hmm. you're going to the grocery store. So having a schedule helps you to limit
2: yep. that, that yep. time. And limit is a good segue into my next tip. So to avoid – I found that – I have I do like to cook, but I have never cooked so much in my life as I have since March. And I have to say, some nights I'm like, I am so sick of cooking. But we were doing a lot of snacking and mindless snacking, and that's definitely not good. One of the things that my son always did to prepare for school the next day was to... In our house, we have a rule that you can bring one fun snack to school, um, also known as junk food, Doritos, whatever. Not that I'm, you know, saying anything bad against Doritos because they are quite good. But, you know, um, given the choice, my son would probably have all fun snacks, but one fun snack, one healthy snack and water. So a good tip to keep everyone in a good healthy eating way, if they're going to be home for the school year or hopefully not the school year, but the school day is have them have the kids pack their lunch the night before or the morning of and whatever they would normally bring to school. That's all they should really be eating during the day at home. That is something that we, have to be really in my household anyway, we have to stay on top of that because otherwise we would just be snacking all day and it's not good and it's not healthy.
0: No, especially when we're cooped up so much, we're not even getting mm-hmm. the exercise that we used to get. Yep.
2: And, and that was, that's a good point because my son loves to be outside. He loves to be active. He loves to play sports. And when the pandemic hit, he didn't want to go outside not only were none of the neighborhood kids around that he would normally play basketball with, but he just felt like, like in his little mind, he felt like he couldn't go outside because of the virus. So um, a couple times I said, I'll go outside and play basketball with you. He's like, no, you're not good. So, <laughs> so it, you know, he definitely he didn't want to go outside and I had to force it. And I I don't know if a lot of people, adults, kids, whatever felt the same way. Like, Oh, there's a pandemic. I can't go outside. I don't know. It's just a, just a different time. Well, I
0: think a lot of kids are also having trouble with going outside by themselves. And one of the motivations of kids going outside was motivation um, by playing with other children. If they can't play with other children, What's the use? My son has had completely different Mm. changes of schedule. He used to have his cousins would come over Mm -hmm. and sleep over and they would you know, they'd set up a tent in the back and have some moors and go swimming at night and all that was wonderful. And that was kinda cut short. I know. So why does he want to go outside now? He goes out in the pool, he's bored. He goes out and plays in the playground, he's bored. And he he plays a little better because he has a sister, but your son is alone. So it's even diff- more difficult for yep. children who are Yeah, and,
2: and I, you know, I worry. I, of course, I worry about the pandemic and getting sick. But I think I worry about the mental health of all of this a lot more than actually getting the virus. And, and that's one of the reasons, like two weeks into it, in March, I, I said to my husband, he hasn't talked to another friend or seen another person, another little person in two weeks, this isn't healthy for him. And that's when <laughs> we decided to, I had heard that other kids were playing online video games. And that's when we kind of opened up that can of worms. But you know, as as much as it, the online video games annoy me, I can hear some of their conversations and they really are socializing and talking about things other than the video games. So... I guess it's it's had its pluses and minuses for sure.
0: Yeah, we've set up FaceTime yeah. meetings with my son yeah. and his friends. Um they play Messenger Kids has a lot of games that they can play, so that's they're chatting yes. and playing yep. at the same time.
2: Yeah, exactly. I forget about the FaceTime Messenger, uh, yeah.
0: And then of course Fortnite <laughs> my my son's oh, yeah. addicted and, and he talks to his friends every day and he's actually met his friend's friends and so now he's gotten uh, he's expanded his his friendship and we're very picky with who he can be on yes. online with anyway. So he's always found it difficult online to be able mm-hmm. to get new friends. So he's, he's making friends with his friends, friends. Yeah. And that's, yeah that's same
2: here. It, so yeah, it has been good. It's been bad, but it's, it's honestly, it's mostly been good. Cause yeah, you just reminded me, my son introduced his school friends to some of his daycare friends and now they're all friends. So it is kind of cool, but. I digress.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's them surviving. We have to survive and thrive in in what we handed. Uh, I think our children, especially, have been handed a big bag of a big
2: yeah a poop sandwich. Oh, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, they have very little risk of getting the virus, but lots of risk with yeah. mental health issues. Last week on the podcast, I was talking about fears. And I went over the um, mental health risks with our children currently in the pandemic, and they far outweigh anything that the virus mm-hmm. can do to them. And I think we have to keep that in mind when we make decisions, because the pandemic one day, hopefully soon, will be I you know, so. a thing of the past. And we need to make sure that these children don't get left there. Yep with with issues that are long-term because we, children can make key decisions that affect them for 20, 30 years. And we want to make sure that those key decisions don't happen surrounding.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So let me go back to my list. This, I'm only on the second S yep. which, which is space. So everyone mm-hmm. needs their own space for work, rest and play. It's, really important to have a designated area for schoolwork as well as work work if you're working remotely. Um, But you still need to be flexible with your space. If it doesn't work, change it up. By that, I mean, you know, I set my son up with a desk in the dining room so that he can do all of his Google Meets and everything. But what I found was... Then I was taking, I ha- I'm i lucky enough that I have an office in my home that's just mine that I can come in, shut the door, do my work. I know not everyone has that. So uh, you need to be flexible, but you also need to be creative in your space. But what I learned was I was trying to give him his own space and me my own space it, 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 back in the spring. And I realized that, He, I don't know if he was trying to pull a fast one on me or if he just didn't want to do what he was supposed to do online, but I found myself taking things out of my office and going and sitting near him to kind of police him to make sure he was getting his work done. But as a result, I wasn't getting my work done because I was, oh, I forgot this in my office, go back and get it. And then I did that a couple times and I just lost all focus so have a designate have a designated area, but be flexible. So change it up. If it doesn't work, find another spot. One thing that I'm thinking of doing for the fall is bringing his desk into my office so that both of us can work at the same time. And at least I have my office, all, all the contents of my office, the things I need to be productive and successful in my business right here. And then he can sit with me to do... To do his school work, and I think you have to move a lot. Kids cannot stay still for very long. Adults can't stay still for very long. So I think it's 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 really important that you move around. you know, take advantage of the of the nice weather. go outside, um, have them do a Google meet or a zoom call, whatever they do at their school system, do it outside on the deck or the porch or the lawn. You know, sit at the kitchen table to do your math, get cozy on your bed to read, just mix it up, move around. You don't have to stay in that designated spot because chances are if you do, you're not going to be successful or productive. Another thing, another S is supplies. So I just heard this the other day. It's definitely not my idea, but I love it and I'm going to share it. Analog clocks. Make sure you have analog clocks in every room that your child is going to be in. That mimics the classroom. Kids, because they have the, anal- they don't have digital clocks in, in classrooms. They, uh, they have the analog clocks. Kids need to see time move and... I think it it definitely helps them transition to other activities if you say to them, okay, you have 10 minutes to wrap up and move along to this activity. So I I love that idea. And again, it's a simple idea, but I think people aren't thinking of analog clocks anymore. Everyone's digital. Most people don't wear watches anymore. A lot of people don't have a lot of clocks in their home. But if you can, get a couple of analog clocks and, and have them get the kids into looking at them and seeing, you know, how much time they have left before they transition to another activity.
0: And I think it's important, um, especially for my son when he's on Fortnite, I <laughs> yep. tell him, you know, you have two hours on Fortnite. That's all <laughs> you have every day. So he'll say, okay, well, I just got on and he has no concept because he's doing something he loves. He has no concept of how long he's yeah. actually been on. And in the reverse, when he's doing schoolwork, it seems like it's forever. And he said, no, it's only been 10 minutes. I've been here yeah. for an hour. No, you mm-hmm. haven't been here for an hour. You've been only there for 10 minutes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Help with that. Another helpful supply are good headphones, noise canceling if possible. Good for both you and the kids because – you know, chances are simultaneously there's going to be a Google meet going on while there's a conference call. So everyone should have noise canceling headphones. If you have a lot of people that are going to be working at home, whether it's a couple kids, a couple, you know, significant others, adults, whatever, try Fold Poster Board. Those are very inexpensive and they will help to achieve privacy for everybody. So think about it if you have a couple people sitting at the kitchen table or the dining room table, have everyone put up their trifold poster board and it just creates a little bit of distinction. everyone has their own space. I think that you know the poster board will allow people to tune out other, Things, sounds that are going on in the home. And I think it's just good to ha- so that everybody kind of can separate a little bit. A-, a good thing about kids not going back to school physically is you really can cut back on the amount of shopping that you have to do. There's really no need to go buy those brand new school clothes if they're not going back, whether they're remote or homeschooling. So that's definitely a positive. Um, But one thing that I do think everyone should still get are new sneakers, you know, because we all need to get out and exercise, especially right now. I think a lot of people do have a tendency, we kind of talked about it, to stay in the house more, but I think it's helpful for everyone to definitely get out, whether it's for 10 minutes or a half an hour and exercise. We have to do it for our sanity. Another good idea is a rolling cart. A rolling cart, you can buy them at different stores, Target, Ikea, um, the container store, but this is a good tool to have because you can put all the supplies and items that that your child needs to get through the school day. And if you don't have an office to close the door, the rolling cart, you can roll it to the corner or put it in a closet. Because I think it's important to have a clean break from your school day, your work day. To transition into your personal time. If you have your work or your papers or your schoolwork all over the place, you're always gonna feel like you have to be doing it or you're, you're always looking at it. Put it away. You know, that will allow you to transition to family time or to the next schedule, taking a walk, starting dinner. And then just a command station. I always, whenever I work with families, I encourage them to have a command station. And it's just a place where kids can go to look for their schedule, um, have them have an inbox or a place to put assignments um, that need to be turned in or scanned to be sent back to the school and make it a- easy to maintain for them. Um, and it can be on the rolling cart.
0: I actually carry a rolling or push a rolling cart around with all of my Absolutely. office supplies and my pens and pencils. I have one and my stapler and I'm always looking for supplies if I don't. So I actually moved, I bought a rolling cart for that express purpose and then put it in the other room. So it was out of the way. And then on the side of my chair, it was all kinds of junk that didn't belong there. So I said the heck with this yeah. and I went back to the cart.
2: Yep. <laughs> Carts are helpful. <laughs> and then the last S is self-care this is huge. And I have to admit, I'm not great at it, but I can give you advice like there's no tomorrow. So you have to make time for self-care. Think about what your non-negotiables are. For me, it would be walking, doing yoga, stretching, reading, drinking coffee. I really think everybody needs to carve out a small amount of time in their day whether, whether it be getting up a little bit earlier before the family gets up or staying up a little later once everyone goes to bed to get in your self-care. I think it's really important for mental health and just stress relief. And I, I said it before, I'll say it again, everyone needs outdoor time. They need that vitamin D. Even if it's for 10 minutes, get outside. While we can, I mean, before you know it, we're in New England, it's gonna be snowing and whatever. So get outside. And then one thing that I try, I have done pretty consistently through this whole thing is incorporate technology-free downtime in the day. Get offline, everybody, not just you, not just your kids. Everybody needs to get offline for at least a half an hour just to clear your mind you know, that definitely has caused arguments in the house, especially when, you know, there's a really good um, challenge on Fortnite happening. And my son's like, I don't want to get offline, but I make them. And it's, it's just, it's, it's better for everybody because I don't know about you, but I've noticed that when he is online a lot playing, sometimes he can be, get really stressed. He can ha- have little arguments with his friends and it's like, just all right, we're going to shut down technology for a little while.
0: Yeah. My son does the same thing. He's arguing, especially with his cousin. He, he and his cousin, they are like brothers. Yeah. They're always fighting about nonsense. You shot yeah. me first. And- <laughs> You, you stole that? That was my boot? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so those are, those are some tips. There's others, I'm sure, but those are the ones that I really believe in. Those are the ones that I'm going to be incorporating in our schedule and in our environment. And I think that, you know, if you do a couple of them, if you do them all, great. But if you do a couple of them, I think that you will see that, you guys are, your families are being productive and you're being ef- efficient and you're getting things done.
0: And I think most of those things that you mentioned are only possible if you maintain the schedule, if yeah. you schedule them in. Uh, um, and actually in in Waypoint, when I coach clients, I actually have a schedule that I've created and it has all of the information they need to manage mm-hmm. their entire day. Starting with at the top of the page, it's what I call the FTF, the feed things 1st the things yeah. that they don't want to do. I have them do it first to get out of the waste and then I'm stressing mm-hmm. about it all day long. And then there's a schedule of the time. And then they have a, a, um, a place where they can put how much water they've taken, how much sleep they've gotten, uh, what what they've eaten, if they're so they can control, you know, wh- what they're putting into their oh, bodies. Wow. It keeps them conscious about, you know, what they're doing in their life. Also how much exercise they, they, they're getting. And I have underneath a score sheet, which I think is unique. And it has them do what's called a power hour. So at the end of the beginning of every day, they have to carve out mm. some time to plan yeah. out the day to make sure they're re- reviewing this schedule. And then they get graded based on how much of the stuff that they've done on the schedule. And then if they accumulate a certain amount of points, it all depends on the person, what they choose they want for points. Then they get a reward that they can give themselves, something that they've been denying themselves. Maybe it's an ice cream cone if they're trying to lose weight. Maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's a small little trip with your family. But you get to decide all of those things, and it's called a power hour. And the P, it's an acronym. P stands for power hour. O stands for helping others, so doing something for other people. It could be the family members. It could be friends, whatever. W is for getting your work time in. E, exercise, and R is a review of your day. So and if you give yourself 20 points for each one of those things, and if you hadn't exercised or you exercise halfway, you get half Mm -hmm. points, whatever you decide, you're in control. You can give yourself points and um, decide what those points are going to be and what you get for a certain amount of points. You
2: know, I love that. And I would, you know – I don't, it's proprietary, I understand, but I would love to see, no, I would love to see that because I'm always, I'm all about planning and I still have a paper planner. I do not really do digital planning. Well, I do do digital planning. My husband and I have a shared schedule online, but for my own day, I have to write everything down and check things off and, you know, I have room for goals and drinking water. So I would love to see that. And, you know, we have a chore chart on the refrigerator um, for my son to follow. And what you just said is, you know, if he gets it all done, he can have a little reward or he'll get a little bit of money that he can use to (laughs) unfortunately buy things on Fortnite. But yeah, it's like, yeah, risk. You got to do that. What is it? Eat, eat the frog first um that saying where you do the thing that you don't want to do first get it out of the way and then you have a productive day
0: otherwise people are spending all their time thinking about the thing they want to avoid rather than getting it out of the way and then they have the rest of the time to focus on Mm -hmm. the things that they want to do yeah and they're not stressed about it anymore so those tough phone calls that we don't want to make and those tough clients we don't want to tell the truth to, you know, because we always have those clients that we have something to tell them. They're not going to want to hear. And we say, well, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And then later Mm you're stressing about it all day. So And and
2: yeah. And I found (laughs) that when you finally do that task that you don't want to do, it's really not that bad.
0: No, no, nothing is our imagination. And it makes everything 10 times worse than it actually is. It's very powerful. Our imagination. In fact, if you put will versus the imagination, the imagination is always going to win. So we have to change our imagination so that that which we will Mm -hmm. can be a reality. On a different note, you've been an entrepreneur now for a couple of years. What is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur?
2: I would say the flexibility. Although, you know, talking about schedules and everything, I definitely have a love-hate relationship with the flexibility. Because mm-hmm. being your own boss, you have a lot of flexibility. And my boss happens to be very nice. And, you know, if if I'm having a bad day, oh, it's okay. You can go watch a Netflix show if you'd like, you know, because she's awesome. Uh, so, uh, So <laughs> I don't do that very often. But, you know, you have those days. But sometimes I get in trouble because of the flexibility with my time management. And again, I can coach somebody on time management um, and putting together a good schedule that will work for them. But you know, I, I can't always take my own advice. So I'm I'm human, right? So I work really hard at time blocking my days because I found that, you know. I'm definitely type A personality. So my to-do list is always 500 things long. And if I wasn't getting all 500 of them done, I was getting mad at myself. So now I'm working on blocking my days so that I have time for, you know, getting dinner ready, time for social media posting, whatever I have to do in my day, I time block But the flexibility has been great because I'm always able to be available for my son and his activities. I can take him to his his activities, help him with homework. You know, pre-COVID, I was able to volunteer at his school and do field trips. So that was, it's been really rewarding in that aspect, you know, because I don't have to ask for permission. I just take it. You know, take that time out of my calendar and I'm booked. You know, I'm also able to cook more. I can do groceries when it's not busy. So that has definitely helped because we found ourselves, you know, getting into that routine where we didn't have time to cook, we didn't have time to do groceries when we were both working full time and as a result we did a lot of takeout so we're not doing that as much anymore and and it's it's great it's help it's healthier and it doesn't cost a lot of money and with the flexibility is i don't have to save chores and errands for the weekends i can do them when you know I have the time and I'm not taking away from family time. And from a business aspect, I'm able to see clients when, well, not right now, but when my son is in school, you know, I'm able to see clients. So I put—I was putting him on the bus, getting in the car, going to see a client, getting home about an hour before the bus showed up. And, you know, it, it was great. So I was always there for him. And yeah, I, I, you know, in having the flexibility, when my husband and I are home, we can do dates during the day instead of at night. So, you know, pre-COVID again, (laughs) I'm going to have to rethink all of, I'm going to have to rethink my life now that we're in this, but pre-COVID, if we found ourselves having the same day off you know, and, and Alex was at school, we could have our date day, and we wouldn't have to pay a babysitter. So the flexibility, I would have to say, is my favorite aspect.
0: Right. And you said it's double-edged sword. I find that a, a lot of people find it hard when they're working for themselves to work as hard for themselves than they do mm, for somebody yep. else. It's, it's because they hold you accountable. And if you don't, you know, they have some type of power over you. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> but we have, and that's because we have not developed the habits that are necessary to be an entrepreneur. So we have to develop those habits, and we have to be flexible and give ourselves some some latitude. Mm-hmm. Some people are highly critical of themselves, and that's yep. part of their skills. Uh, and that's your actually yep. one of your skills because as, a, <laughs> as an organizer, we call you an Earth personality style. Earth personality styles need to be critical because that's how they take a space, criticize a space so that they can improve it. That's why we have iPhone 8s and iPhone 9s and iPhone 10s, because they're constantly criticizing and refining the technology to make it better. And that's what your skill set is, but it also could be a double-edged sword, because you can be highly critical oh, of Oh, I'm
2: totally very critical of myself. And, uh, you know, I'm always beating myself up like, oh, I didn't get enough done today or my schedule isn't just right. I'm always retweaking it. And my husband just kind of looks at me like, well, you just you say the st- same stuff all the time. But in a lot of ways, I do think that I still have that corporate mindset where I need to be At my desk from nine to five working. And if I'm not, then I feel like I'm a failure. So so the flex like yeah the flexibility is a double edged sword cuz uh, you know I don't have to do that anymore. I can work yeah. on the back office stuff from 9 to 12 and be very productive and get it done and then have time, you know, if I do want to watch <laughs> a show on Netflix or, you know, get caught up on writing a newsletter or a blog. Yeah, it's so yeah it's
0: and I find corporate America, people who work in corporate America aren't very productive mm-hmm. per hour as entrepreneurs are mm-hmm. per hour, because you might have eight hours you're working as a as a, an employee, but you're not giving eight hours of nonstop work. Oh God though. No. no, exactly. So when you're an entrepreneur, you might be working four hours, but those four hours are very directed, so you have a lot more flexibility anyway. But you feel guilty because it's not the routine that you used to because this is what we've been programmed mm-hmm. to do. I call it the, the uh, current of social expectation. We are constantly battling against what we've been taught from the current of social expectation. This is what you're expected to do. This is what you're expected mm-hmm. to do. But it's not what's necessary right. to do. Yeah. So, what are the three most important lessons that you have learned by being an entrepreneur, would you say?
2: Be authentic. This is your business always be your authentic self. The right clients will come to you if you are your true self. You know, for the most part, when a new client gets in touch with me and, you know, we go through our client assessment and our in-home assessment, most of the time those people do convert to being a client, and we have a very successful um partnership to get their goals um it, within their home achieved but of course, along the way, there have been a few potential clients that it just didn't work out. you know they balked at you know my rates or my style or whatever, and I found myself early on beating myself up, like, Oh, what did I, you know, Oh, it's me, I should have said this, I should have said that. But then I realized that they just weren't the right clients for me. And if I tried to be someone that they wanted me to be, then I wouldn't be true to myself. And, you know, you you have to be who you are, and you have to be authentic, and the right people will come your way.
0: Right. We call those the avatars too. We're always looking for our avatars. So just because you're authentic, you also have a person who you would authentically get along with naturally. So we need to know in advance what client is a fit and only target them. So Mm -hmm. we can work with the best people so we can give them the best service. So when I'm authentic and I'm working with people who, who get me, I think that's the best fit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I, you know, early on, so there's a New England chapter of NAPO, and we have about 100 members. And when anybody, when any new organizer from my area joined, I would be like, oh, competition. But then I realized that we are not competing with each other, because there are so many different clients out there that need your help. You're not going to fit with every single person and they're not going to fit with you. So instead of thinking about my fellow organizers as competition, I instead think of them as referrals. Like I may get a call from a person that I know I can't handle their job, but I know someone who can. So, um, and if you're not authentic, people aren't going to realize what your skills are and what your personality is. So, right. Yep. Believe in yourself and ignore the naysayers. Oh boy. <laughs>
0: that's a difficult one.
2: Uh, you are right. I, You know, a couple people have said to me, like they, they couldn't imagine that I was starting my own business and doing what I was doing. And a lot of people, like I said at the beginning of this interview, that, you know, I think a lot of people think of organizing as cleaning. And, and that's not... The case at all. So, you know, just believe in yourself, believe in your worth, and push through the negative negativity that you may hear from other people because everybody always thinks they can run your life better than you. And just uh, <clears throat> keep doing what you're doing.
0: Well, I call mainstream thinking the current of social expectation. And people who are in the current of social expectation are very good at giving advice. Uh, They're not qualified to give Mm -hmm. such advice. So uh, they're constantly giving advice to entrepreneurs, but they've never been out in the middle of the ocean where all the opportunity is. So they can't give you advice to get out of the current that they they get Mm -hmm. dragged through. through. They can't give you advice because they've never been outside the current. So they can't direct you outside the current because they've never been outside the current. Right. And anybody can give their opinion. But opinions don't matter. As I've told my son, if, if you ever see my son and ask him about opinions, he'll say, opinions don't matter. <laughs> Everybody has an opinion and they just don't matter. I don't care what a a person's opinion is because it's not based right. on anything. That and 50 cents will yeah. get me
2: nothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. I care about experience and experiential knowledge. You want to impart your experiential knowledge on me. That's why I hi- am I would hire you. Great. You know this better than I do. You do it all the time. Great. But opinion Right. So much.
2: Agreed. Another thing that I learned is be okay living outside of your comfort zone. That is huge. I have found, because as an entrepreneur, you don't have a guaranteed paycheck. You don't have guaranteed income. And it's a little bit of an odd feeling when you go from that, you know, typical W-2 job, to being your own boss, that's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a challenge to get used to. And, you know, you're doing a you're stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone every day as an entrepreneur. You know, when, when I write a blog, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, doesn't everyone already know what I'm saying? Doesn't everybody know this? But no, they don't. So it's okay to put yourself out there. You know, somebody is going to learn from what you're saying. But I think that's been uh, one of the biggest challenges is for for me is living outside your comfort zone, but you have to be okay with it. So I guess I'm okay with living outside my comfort zone. I, it's just a different feeling, but you, you got to do it.
0: But that's what all the opportunity mm-hmm. is. All opportunity is right outside your comfort zone. The average person will never, ever experience opportunities or never recognize it because it lives outside their their comfort zone. So I call it the winds of opportunity blowing all the time. But people don't have a strong enough foundation of habits to be able to go out into the middle of the ocean where all the opportunity is. So- Sitting outside, uh, going outside your comfort zone is is massively important, but you need a strong foundation to go outside middle of the ocean where all the opportunity is because opportunity is only caught by the sails. Right. And if you don't have a strong boat, you can't put a mast. If you have no mast, you can't put up the sails.
2: Absolutely.
0: And then you recognize the yep. opportunity because it blows everywhere and you can catch it. Even if you recognize an opportunity and you're in the current, you can't take advantage of the opportunity because you're so stuck mm-hmm. in the current. Yep. Outside your comfort zone is where everything happens.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: But it's not secure. Yeah.
2: It, it, but it's interesting because as much as I am very critical of myself, then when I stop and think, I'm like, wow, but look at everything that I've done so far that I didn't think that I could. So, yeah, right. it, it it definitely, it's an odd place, but it's a good place at the same time.
0: I tell my clients to write down all of their accomplishments, even the ones that are small, because that's their victory yeah. list. Because most people are always tearing mm-hmm. themselves down on the little failures that they've had where actually they shouldn't because failures are the the way they, they learn. And start making a list of all your victories. And when you start doing that, you'll see your victory list is bigger than yep. your failures.
2: Yep. And – any, any other advice? Um, well, I do have you, – you asked for three, and I have four lessons. Learn to say no. That's a, another difficult one for me. I'm definitely a people pleaser, and I am always saying, yes, I will help you. Yes, I will take on this opportunity. And then I find myself dreading it or not being able to be – at each thing that I've taken on. So just this year, I started really thinking before I say yes to something. And I have been saying no to a lot of things, just so that I can stay focused on my, my personal priorities, my family's priorities, and my business priorities because I think as a business owner, a lot of things come your way. And if you say yes to all of them, you're just very scattered and all over the place, you really just need to think about your goals. And if this opportunity is going to help you achieve those goals, and it's okay to say no. And, it was difficult for me to say no, and it still is for a lot of things, but I realized that saying no, you're you're not as stressed and you're able to stay focused on what's really important to you and your family.
0: Terrific. Now I want to thank Christy for being here today. Christy, how can folks get a hold of you for all their organizing needs?
2: So I'm on a few different social media channels on Facebook. I have a business page organized by Christy and Christy is K-R-I-S-T-I. My website is organizedbychristy.com. I'm on Instagram as organized underscore by underscore Christy. I'm also on LinkedIn as my name, Christy Santilli. And of course, um, email is... Christy at organizedbychristy.com. And um, yeah, I would love if you have any questions, if you didn't catch all my tips, or if you want to talk about other organizing projects that you might have in your home, reach out. I would love to talk to you.
0: And I will also be putting a list of all of those those items on our Mm -hmm. show notes so that people can click on them and get in touch with you. As well as you're going to have a brief synopsis of all the tips that you yes. shared here today, uh, I'll be sharing that with them as well, as well as the um, calendar page that I'm oh, that I referenced in this this episode. So I'll be posting that on the back office. And for those of you who don't know, we've we've been working on a project, the clandestine project. It's called the tackle box tools and resources. We're going to be opening that to the public very soon. But what it is, is a bunch of tools and resources that we've accumulated and that'll be free for you. All you need to do is sign up for a free membership and you can go on to the back office and you'll get alerted every time there's a new episode and you'll get alerted every time there's a new tool or resource. Great. And um, those tools or resources help for health, they help for business, they help for all aspects of your life. So
2: that's great. I'm looking forward to checking all those out. I'm definitely interested in that calendar.
0: <laughs> I will send, make sure I see right. you today. Thank you for listening, and join me next week for the five books that changed the course of my life. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, or by visiting our website at www.gonfishingpodcast.com. And remember, life is an ocean, a strong boat your foundation. If you want to succeed, identify a harbor, unfurl your sails, sail outside the drift currents of social expectation, and let's go fishing.
1: You've reached the end of another episode of the Gone Fishing Podcast. Connect with us at www.waypointmasterminds.com where you can sign up for our newsletter to receive our free tools and resources. This podcast has been brought to you by Waypoint Mastermind. Personal growth and support through collaboration with a community of like-minded achievers. See you in the next episode.